what's up everybody? Clayton and Stephanie gets here for another episode of Proximity Podcast, where uh, each week we are unpacking the importance of getting in the room with uh, men and women that are where you wanna be. And, and we hope to bring you as, as many inspiring conversations and people as we possibly can, people that have impacted us, mm -hmm. uh, people that continue to inspire us. And we just met a, a couple uh, last night that we're hoping to have on in the next couple of weeks that, that we believe are gonna really inspire you. And um, so, uh, so we're gonna kick this off today with uh, the, uh, the importance of, um, uh, of proximity and, and what it means to uh, spend time with people that are truly on another level. And, and you know, again, you have to be really intentional about you know, getting around people that are, are just doing things <laughs> at a higher level, at, at a at a much higher level. Like you gotta you gotta get uncomfortable. Sometimes you gotta write a check. Uh, we've written a bunch of checks uh, over the years, and we'll continue to write a bunch of checks to have proximity to, to those people because um, you can you can condense time, you can collapse time, right? By by getting around those people. So, I had an opportunity uh, a few years ago to get in a room with a, a young man named Don Wenner. And Don Wenner is the owner today of DLP Capital. I think you know one of the really impressive things about Don is he's 37 years old. And uh, Don is um, uh, a billionaire today at age 37. Uh, his capital company uh, manages uh, roughly $5 billion worth of capital, about 45 to 50,000 units all up and down the Sun Belt. And um, he's just he and he's doing it the right way. Just an amazing uh, you know father, husband, uh, you know leader. And so uh, I wrote a check. My business partner and I wrote a check for fifty thousand dollars to uh, be a part of his mastermind for a year. And then we wrote another check for fifty thousand dollars to be a part of his mastermind for a second year. And that's that's how serious we are about this topic. And you know really why uh, why we wanted to bring this podcast to you. So. You know, I came home after one of these events and, and um, you know, after sitting down with, uh, with Don and Don asked me this question and I'm going to, I'm going to pose this question to our listeners right now. And I, you know, I mentioned this to Stephanie um, when I got back from this event. So Don said, I'm sitting down one-on-one, -on -one, myself, my business partner and Don. And he said, all right, gentlemen, uh, where do you want to be a hundred years from now? And John and I, my business partner looked at each other and we we're like, uh, like I'm 48, I think John's like 49 or something. And we were like, uh, hopefully with Jesus, but uh, you know, uh, unless technology really changes, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna, not gonna be here. And Don said, no, no, you misunderstand me. What kind of a legacy are you building? What kind of a legacy do you want to leave? Like what kind of an impact do you wanna have on your children's 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 children, right? It could go on in perpetuity. And what's so cool about that is it led Stephanie and I to like once you once you start thinking in terms of hundred years out, and then you you know you just deconstruct from there. We'll, Instead of just when that. we're going to retire, which Instead is what just most one, people do, right? Well, and most people, frankly, aren't going to be able to retire, right? right? Because they're just you know they're they're not they're not being intentional now about what it's going to take. They're not planning for the future. They're not right? even thinking about tomorrow. And so, and we were, we were mm -hmm. behind on that yes. to, to some degree. Well, we, we are, we're, we're behind on it now because we have bigger, we have bigger legacy. Now we, do. we have bigger plans. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, I think we've also discovered honey that when you start thinking in terms of generational impact, it makes what you do today matter that much more yes. and the, and the moves, the moves that you that you make are um, they're bigger, right? They're they're just bigger and they become more important. So I I, I think about 
um, one of the books that we read, what would the Rockefellers do mm -hmm. that kind of came out of this process? Mm -hmm. And, and so, um, do you want to, you want to just talk about, you know, how surprised we were at the whole, like life the, the whole life insurance mm -hmm. piece and, and how, you know, people have talked to us about life insurance in yes. the past. Why don't yeah, you talk sure. About that? So one of the things that came out of, of this book, what would the Rockefellers do was the importance of, well, I guess I should start with, with the difference between, um, the premise of the book, which is that the Vanderbilts and the Rockefellers were the two wealthiest families during their time. Correct. They were, yeah, they yeah, were there at the same so. time yeah. to date, the, the Rockefellers still have a ton of family wealth. Like, I don't know how much it's generational they have. wealth and generational and still, wealth. and they're still, it's still growing feeding. They're still feeding generations. Right. 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 And they still have lots of money because of how they designed their legacy mm -hmm. plan. Mm -hmm. They still have lots of money left over that their kids can continue to, and grandkids can continue to benefit from. Whereas the Vanderbilts, they did not set up their, their funds well. And so they're out of money. They well, have they no created, more money. They essentially created trust fund. You know, we've all heard of the trust fund right. babies in that term. So the, the big, the big distinction is that the, um, the Rockefellers, and again, like we, we'd never un really unpack this, right? Mm -hmm. So the Rockefellers, um, had a bunch of tools that, that they, uh, at their disposal, one of the tools that we hadn't considered previously was whole life insurance, right? So, um, and by, and by the way, we're not, we're not life insurance reps. No. Like, so you, you know, do your own diligence here. And, mm -hmm. you know, so we're just telling you kind of what we went through and what we've, what we've discovered. So, um, previously the people that were talking to us about life insurance were, um, you know, we, we got term life insurance, of course. Of well, it was course. our insurance agent and, who, whom and we'd had for years. It was our insurance. That's right. But and it was he, also Dave Ramsey. Right. Dave, yeah. Yes. So it was also Dave Ramsey. And, and, but the insurance, the insurance guy, so there's two things here. I know that, um, that Dave Ramsey is not a whole life insurance fan. And we, we did Dave Ramsey. It's, and, and we were, we're fans of his. We're still fans of his. Absolutely. He, he is, he is, believes in being debt free. He, we read his book, um, Total Money Makeover. We followed the steps. We paid off every, all of our debt, including our mortgage and four, twice, five, twice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> four or five years. Then we went and bought a bigger house and did it again. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, doing that had allowed us to, I mean, that's why we, we are where we are now. Mm -hmm. However, Dave Ramsey and some other folks like him, like Susie Orman, they have other philosophies though, that I believe once you get to a certain point with your wealth building journey, their practices may not serve you as well as using some other practices yeah. that other people yeah. talk about, such as this whole life insurance. So Dave Ramsey was was an anti anti whole life insurance. But as we've learned more and what they talk about in this book is that with term life ins insurance, only 1% This is crazy. of term life insurance is actually what do you call it? realized, realized. like yeah. actually happens. So 1% that, which is which is crazy because it was such a it was such an easy because we were Dave Ramsey kind of fanatics at the time. Right. It was so easy when we sat down with our life insurance agent and he was talking to us about term and term is cheap, right? Yes, Especially if you're healthy, to, it's very cheap. Compared to whole life for sure. And and so it was a very easy decision for us to say, heck yeah, Dave Ramsey said we should do this. And and then but now after reading this book, it's we we realized that only one percent, one percent of term policies 
are actually executed, are realized, right? That's that's crazy. So you're basically basically throwing money away. Whereas uh, whole life insurance, uh, it it's it's there. I mean, it doesn't. It's it's just there. It doesn't. You know, with term, it's called term because it terms out at at some. It's typically thirty year term. So after thirty years. If it's not executed, it becomes completely unreasonable to keep that policy. Mm -hmm. So most people shut it down. Most people shut it down well before the uh, 30 years, apparently, which is why only 1% are realized. So um, so what we brought out of this was um, out of this reading this book and speaking with other people that that um, are utilizing this tool, including the Rockefellers, is you can actually use uh, a whole life insurance policy as a family bank. And this was the big mm -hmm. aha for us. Yes. All right. So um, we went out and uh, took out a policy, a, a very large policy on Stephanie because she's much healthier than I am. And uh, so, um, but, but, and it takes time to season. So let's say you have a $10 million whole life insurance policy and, and you, it's going to take you about 10 years to season. So it's much better if you can. Whole life insurance is more expensive than term. Yes. Right. So it's better that if you can, you want to, um, uh, you could do this do this when you're younger. If I could go back and mm -hmm. have someone explain this to me, because one in the past, when our agent would would talk to us about whole life insurance, it always felt like a money grab. Yes. It just felt like a money grab because well, they never for explained. the they never they never. If he would have just given me this book right. for ten bucks, I would have you know yes. I would have signed up for it. Yes. So it's more expensive, um, but after it seasons for a period of time, let's call it ten years, then you can borrow. Not from, here's the key, but against. And what that means is as long as you pay the bank or the policy back prior to executing said policy, then the amount that you, you know, that you can actually realize doesn't decrease. You're borrowing, uh, you know, against, not from. So uh, in 10, 10 years from now, when our policy has seasoned, matured, then, and our girls want to buy a house. Our daughters want to buy a house, for example. Um, I'll give you this example and we'll move on. So instead of going to a Wells Fargo or a Bank of America or whatever, right, they can come to us and say, hey, I want, I need a loan for $300,000. And we can say, and, and listen, here's the thing too. You can structure it in such a way that your kids have to be productive human beings, yes. right? They, we're not creating trust fund babies here. Mm -hmm. They have to be productive human beings, mm -hmm. right? So we can have all those stipulations in, in the will, for example, because you want your money to, to last, mm -hmm. generational wealth. So um, I, wanna, I wanna borrow $300,000 from the family bank, right? Great. Well, you're gonna pay us back, right? We're gonna have a, a mortgage with the family bank and you're gonna pay the family back a mortgage payment monthly at the current interest, whatever the interest rates are at that time, they're going to pay the family bank back. That is why it's one of the reasons why the Rockefellers are continuing to provide, you know, uh, resources to generations mm -hmm. of Rockefellers and the Vanderbilts are not. Yeah, because, you know, and what's really cool, I think, is the the children, the grandchildren, they are incentivized to pay that money back with the interest because they're growing their own bank for yeah. future reference. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. the money, of course, with the extra interest, it just continues it's to grow. It's a great grow. point. It's a great point. Yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. excited about paying that because it's their bank. They're, <laughs> they're literally right. investing in their own bank. Yeah. It's brilliant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so, yeah. If so you're, um, if you're listening to this podcast and you're, a life or you're an insurance agent and you sell life insurance... <laughs> Just go buy like a hundred of those books and hand them out. For you know, real. like it's just it's like, come on, man. Yeah. But anyway, so um got a got a little sidetracked there. But so 
So I'm sitting down, we're sitting down with Don and Don's like, where do you want to be a hundred years from now? And uh, we're like, what the heck? And he says, well, uh, he explains what that means. And then, and, and then he says, let's work, let's, let's deconstruct it. Okay. So I want to unpack for you kind of what it looks like for a billionaire to, um, to do legacy planning. Okay. So we basically just took his his what he calls a personal compass. And it's what Stephanie and I uh, use today for our family, what my business partner is now using for his family. And we're going to, um, uh, we're going to give it to you today. So, um, you want to make sure that you're covering the, the key foundational areas of your life. Most people don't think about their faith, their family, their fitness, their finance, their fulfillment, their freedom, their friends, and their fun in terms of being specific about what is the what are the one or two things in each of these areas that are really going to move the needle for you and for and for your family like what's the what's the thing spiritually that you can do each and every day that if so by doing everything else becomes easier or unnecessary that's from gary keller's book called the one thing the focusing question um what is the one thing that you can do with your fitness or your health today each and every day that if so by doing everything else becomes easier or unnecessary you can plug that into each of these these key components are called the eight F's. And so um, Darren Hardy talks about in his book, uh, High Performance Habits, that having specific and difficult goals actually increase performance and satisfaction. Honey, say that one more time because it's really important. Having specific and difficult goals increases performance satisfaction. One of the things that we've learned, yep. One of the things that we've learned is that when we set really big targets or really big goals, like if you if you shoot for the stars, you land upon the what? You, if you shoot for the stars, I think you're saying it wrong. The, <laughs> the moon. The moon. Yeah. You shoot for the stars. Sorry, and you miss. You're sorry, right, you're yeah. right. I was like, I think you're. You're saying confused. That. Look confused. Me. I was like, well, come on, honey. <laughs> Mike, I don't think you're saying. <laughs> you shoot for the stars and you miss. Even if you miss, you'll still then you'll no, still land shoot upon for the moon. the moon. And if you miss, you'll still land amongst the stars. No, that's, that's not it, Tim. Tim, Tim, it's shoot for the stars. The stars, <laughs> that, the star, <laughs> honey, the stars are higher than the moon. Is the star, yes, the stars are like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did I say it wrong? You I said, said it wrong. Yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. You said it wrong. <laughs> you shoot for the stars, you miss, you land That's upon, right. you land upon the moon, right? Yeah. So the, the the whole point is, you want to set really big goals. goals. Most of us just don't think big. You know, one of the things that I was I was um, I can't, can't remember who we were listening to, honey, but it was uh, you know the difference between uh, millionaires and billionaires. The biggest difference between millionaires and billionaires is billionaires say no a whole mm-hmm. lot more, a whole lot more. And um, I'm amazed actually at how Don Wenner is so focused on the one thing professionally mm-hmm. that he removes all other distractions. Like it's 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 not easy as you can imagine to get on Don's calendar. We're hoping to have him on the podcast at some point. So Don, if you're listening, you know we'd love to love to have you. But um, uh, he just he says no to anything that's not in alignment mm-hmm. um, with you know with with the things His that he's targeted he targeted in each go. of these. Areas. There's actually a really cool story about Richard Branson, who was another billionaire mm-hmm. um, that I believe we've talked about before, mm-hmm. where Richard um, was approached to do a speaking engagement. And the guy was basically like, hey, what's it going to take? He was talking to Richard's people. Richard's people were talking to this guy's people. And he said, you know, what's it going to take? And Richard and Richard's people came back and said, um, Richard has three main priorities this year. And speaking for you is not one of them. And the guy was the guy was good. So he sends his people back and he's like, well, listen, million dollars for an hour of his time, we'll fly him, you know, we'll, we'll fly him private. I mean, he owns an mm-hmm. airline, so yeah. that probably wasn't an issue. But 
um, you know, we'll, we'll make sure he gets here. We'll pay for everything. A million dollars for one hour, for one hour of speaking. Like most millionaires would be like, sign Heck me yeah. up, I'm yeah. in, right? Um, so his people came back to him again and said, um, Richard has three main priorities this year and speaking for you is not one of them. So they went back one more time and said, what is it gonna take? We want, we want Richard at this event. And they came back again and said, Richard Branson has three three main priorities this year. And speaking for you is not one of them, right? That is focus. Mm -hmm. That is focus. So mm -hmm. having specific and difficult goals increases performance and satisfaction. So um, yeah, why don't you take that one, honey? Yeah, so so with your personal compass, what it's helping you to do is to, to take each of those seven areas and um, getting very clear on each of them, because here's the other mistake most people make. We tend to think of goal setting in regards to our business mm -hmm. uh, or our finances even, but we don't tend to take the time or even think it's that important to set goals in all those other areas. For instance, the family, the fitness, the fulfillment, the freedom, mm -hmm. the friends and the fun. We don't think about, and then the faith. We don't think about setting goals in those areas. Here's why it's important because this, if you think of each of those areas as circles, around around the big circle. If any of those areas are flat, so if Clayton and I's marriage is not doing well, you better believe that's gonna spill over into his business, my business, our family, our fun, our fitness. It affects every single it, everything. Every single yeah. aspect around the circle and man, affects it's so much the easier. other. And yes. We have a great marriage. We have a great marriage. We had a great marriage last night. <laughs> <laughs> didn't we <laughs> didn't we <laughs> should we cut that <laughs> so it is so important that you Date that you night. take the time to spend on all of those areas to make sure that your life is full and and the other thing that we have in going through this practice and and i'll i'll say something else that that has been special for us is that we take the time to do this exercise together mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and so by doing it is marriage building for several reasons one it keeps us in alignment with each other. Mm -hmm. He may share goals that I didn't even know he was thinking about yeah, and, vice versa. Yeah, and vice versa. Yeah. And so, um, we can then also be more encouraging and supportive of one another as well. Mm -hmm. Just cause we, now we were both, we're both, we're both paddling in the same, in the same direction. direction. It's so, so important for couples mm -hmm. to get on the same page with, with this sort of thing for sure with everything, but, but certainly the sort of thing. So if you don't know where you're going, you just might end up there. Mm -hmm. So we have to know what's our end game goal. What do we want our marriage to look like in 50 years? What do we, where do we, where do we want our faith to look like? Mm -hmm. um, what do we want our finances, that general generational wealth to look like, you know, a hundred years from now. And so we really want to be intentional about planning all of that out. Yep. Yeah. So, um, as we kind of un unpack this here and, and so, um, uh, and again, you know, this is Don Winter's system. Like this, this is what the billionaire goes through every every year, twice a year. So if it's good least. enough for a billionaire. He might do this. He, he might actually do this quarterly. So um, you, we, most of us have core values for our for our businesses. We have a mission statement for our business. Um, why don't we have core values for our family, right? And and until I sat down with with Don, I I we didn't have core values for our family. So uh, we didn't have a family mission statement, for example. So I'm going to give you a couple of examples from from ours, and you guys can kind of fill in the blanks on your end if you want to. So to to start to start this process, you want to come up with with a filter, right? Mm -hmm. So um, when our girls walk out the door in the morning, we want 
they represent us. They represent our, our family name. So, um, what does it mean to them? Like what's important to us? So let me give you some examples, family first, right? So our family comes first. We don't sacrifice time with our family for work. That's one service to others right, is another core value being present. Something that we definitely struggle with, which is why it's a core value for us. Being faith centered is a core value for our family and having an impact on other people. I don't, you know, I don't really stand for, you know, it, it's, I, I was picked on when I was, uh, it was a little awkward when I was younger, <laughs> maybe a lot awkward, but, um, I don't stand for that with our girls. Right. So, you know, when, when they're out there, um, it, it kind of, it, it's the filter, right? I want them having a positive impact. I want them, when they, when people walk away from having a conversation with them an interaction with them, I want them walking away feeling really good about that. Right. Which is why it's core value. It, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a compass, if you will. And then a family mission statement. So whatever that, you know, whatever is important to you and in your family, you want to fill that in, right? So our family mission statement is we are Christ centered family and strive to treat others with love. There it is, compassion, respect, and generosity. We give back to our communities and are always looking for ways to serve others. We believe in always looking for opportunities to grow and learn so that we may better serve our family, friends, and our community. Right? So, um, the next aspect of your personal compass is your personal mission statement, basically. Your personal mission is a representation of the principles that you live by, what defines who you are as a person and what you want to do. So I'll give an example of Clayton's um, personal compass. His, his is to embrace challenges with a growth mindset and continue to grow as a believer, a husband, a father, and a friend, to leave an impact on the organizations and people that that he's blessed to, to have a relationship with. Mm -hmm. The, um, the next part of this personal com compass is the BHAG, which is the big, hairy, audacious goal. And we have, we certainly have a BHAG for sure right now, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I'm, that's, and I'm big and hairy, so. <laughs> but that is your long-term goal. <laughs> it should be tangible and challenging goal that energizes you. Um, and, and mm -hmm. I would say measurable too, right? Yep. That you can, um, yep. measure along the way. Yep. An example of our BHAG is that we want to own 500 doors in seven years. Seven years from now. Yep. And that's a very big goal. Well, and here's what I think is so important about that, honey, is, um, you, we have no idea how we're going to do that. Yeah. But it's, again, we just, we just talked about like, you know, shooting, shooting for the stars, landing on the mm -hmm. moon. Um, so what if we end up at, th at 300 or 200, so amazing. right? It, I mean, we're, we're going to go for 500, yeah. right? And, and it's, um, uh, but here's what's cool. The only way right now, the only way that we can think of to to get to that target is to is to raise capital. And so, you know, we're already working on what that's going to look like behind the scenes to go acquire 500 doors. We're going to go we're going to have to go raise some raise some private capital. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and we have relationships with people that are already doing that. Don Winter is one of them. Um, and, and but, you know, if we could go, we could go in, in seven years, we could easily go by, you know, 40, 50 doors. We could do that. That's, yep. that wouldn't be a problem, right? Based on where we are today, but 500. So the point is if you're serious about, you know, growth and serious about stretching yourself and then, then put something out there that is going to make you be like, how the heck are we going to do that? Yeah. Well, right? and because what's really cool too, about this 
whenever you do your goal setting this and these types of exercises, when you state a goal, your the amazing thing about our brains is that subconsciously it starts to try to figure out how to make that happen. If, you're, if you're committed to it. If you're committed yeah. to it, that's right. Yeah. And so by writing it down, inking it out, stating it out loud as we have here today, you're, you are, you're setting the intention and you'll start to figure it out. And what else is really cool too, is you'll start to be connected to the people that are, are where you want to be and are probably doing well, I was that. Just going to say that like yeah. we're, we're being, we're, so we're being very intentional right now because that is our BHAG. Yes. We're being very intentional about getting in the room with people that can help us accomplish that goal yes. about hiring coaches. We have, we, have, we had a call this week. We've got another call in two weeks. Yeah. We've got, you know, we're looking at joining an organization that can help us accelerate. So, yes. um, yeah, that's and, and again, like other doors open too when you yes. hang out with with people that are like thinking at at this yes. level. It's it's incredible. And and you know what's so cool about this, honey, is when we met, neither one of us were thinking like this, no. right? And it and it's proximity, right? It's yeah. just we we just we just we got in a room. We're like, holy cow! And and, and once you catch, to get in the room, right? Right. But once you like once you get in the room, the right room, you just you're gonna want more. You're gonna want more. Well, because a lot of times, getting in the room with with people who are living at a higher level than you are, it highlights oftentimes yeah. how maybe how small you're thinking. You might not even realize you're thinking small. We've we've thought that before. Like, man, I thought I thought we thought we were doing pretty good. Thought we were like on a good track until we got in the room with these people and we're like, gosh, you know what? We're not thinking big enough. We, you you weren't you weren't mm -hmm. you weren't even thinking about you know a hundred years from now we were just thinking about how we were going to retire comfortably and leave something for for our kids and and so now we're we're thinking much bigger than that so what do you want to be remembered for that's the last piece of this part um, when you're can when, I touch on something here yeah 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 um, you know this is a uh, um, I have somebody that's you know. A family member that is very ill, very ill right now, and you know, I I know um, because he said as much to me, but I but I just know that at the end of the day, when when and we're all gonna we're all gonna get there, right? Um, the biggest regret that almost all people have at the end of their lives is what they didn't do. Right, the things that they that they that they missed didn't spend enough time with the with the kids, didn't spend enough time, you know, not at work, didn't spend enough time just going for it. Like what could I have done, man? Like this is it. And what could I have actually done had I had I just pushed myself a little bit more? That's the biggest regret from people mm -hmm. that are, you know, when they when they reach the end. So I think this is a really important question. So what if you haven't thought about this already, what do you want to be remembered for when your family, friends, community think about you? What do you want them to say? You know, so an example of of what Clayton has has written down is honoring God, being an amazing father and husband that models the qualities that that my girls should look for in their husbands to be the one, the one that paved the way for future generations to be encouraged to chase their dreams, give back, serve and love others. And I will say just being his wife, that he is definitely, definitely um, doing that Aww. for sure. And you left out the last part. That's all I see. B being a really amazing lover. 
That's definitely not on here. It's not. I'm adding it. I'm adding it. That's that's. I, I want to be remembered for that. <laughs> I can't wait until we're we're ninety. Oh my god. Together, seriously. Be chasing. We talk about this all the time. Like when the kids are gone, how are you going to handle me? Like, oh my gosh. Like because it's there. There. There are no. There are no more excuses. <laughs> the excuses are gone at that point. Oh, you're in so much trouble. All right. So. Um, uh, faith, faith, you good, honey? Mm-hmm. All right. So, yep. so next, um, and, and we'll try to, um, Tim, I guess we can try to, um, I'll give you the slides and we can, so people can kind of follow along with this a little bit as well. And, and, um, uh, we can even, I guess, can we attach, can we attach, um, yeah, this? Yeah, we might put a, be able to link this for you so you guys can, can download this on your end. So a faith or spiritual statement. So whatever that means for you, right? For us, it's, um, uh, it, it's kind of what, what keeps us grounded and focused and what truly matters the most, right? So. Uh, for us is that we honor the Lord and all that we do. We treat others with love and respect. We forgive even when it's hard, more so when it's hard. Mm-hmm. More on that in just a second. We look for ways to give back and to serve our community. So again, you know, um, it's just amazing how God works because as we, you know, I, I wrote this down like two years ago, but we've been through a situation and I wrote that down with that in mind. certain people in mind mm-hmm. Um, and you know, haven't, haven't gotten to a place where, uh, where I was ready to forgive Mm -hmm. and forget until, well, this week actually, it actually happened for me. And, um, so that's just how powerful this stuff can be, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when, um, you really start processing and thinking about these things and, and, um, the importance of them. So, uh, anyway, verse, verse or quote of the year. Uh, so faith, faith, spiritual statement, whatever that means for you, uh, verse or quote of the year. So this is something that, um, you know, I, I love, I mean, I've always been a big fan of Jim Rohn and this, the, like the, the Zig Ziglar's and, uh, you know, just the, the late, the Tony Robbins and, and just all the greats. Right. Um, and, and they've got some really, really powerful quotes, but I picked one from, um, Romans five, three, cause this one, uh, has always, has always stood. It's just always stood out to me. So Romans 5.3 says, not only that, but we rejoice, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now, I'm probably totally misrepresenting this, but to me, um, that just speaks to, to you know what we all go through. You know, That's why I love this verse so much, the, the, just the trials and tribulations and how that um, if we can approach them with with um uh with joy and character and and hope and and uh um then that that strengthens us it's like a muscle right mm-hmm. so um i've just always loved that mm-hmm. and then lastly um three non-negotiable three-year goals and these are the goals that when you write them down they're happening they're happening and and i think it's the important piece too here honey is that like don't do this unless you know and, and we're not great about this like you know it's something that we just, we need to do better. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at this once a year, if you just write this down, things are going to start happening in your life. Mm-hmm. Promise that, um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're going to be in a different place 12 months from now by just going through this exercise. Mm-hmm. If you look at this every day, not study it, but look at it every day. And so that you're reminding yourself of, oh yeah, uh, one of my three-year non-negotiables is to be in the best physical shape of my life in the next three years, right? And I defined, I put a weight to that. Um, and I'm not there yet. Uh, to acquire my pilot's license and a plane. Like, what? Okay, I, that, 
that was that's, that was crazy at the time when I wrote it down. Um, and to circumvent the Eastern Inland Waterway on our boat. We're going to need a bigger boat, honey. Um, but uh, that's a fun process to mm -hmm. to uh, mm -hmm. to go through. So, honey, why don't you take us into the next yeah, one? Yeah, so here. the next one is is all about your inner circle. And we, we This is, again, going back to our podcast here, Proximity. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And so it's really important to have a good filter about who you are letting into that circle mm -hmm. and so um so this is just an exercise for you to write down okay who are the people like it'll have you start with your family inner circle so your inner circle of family members are the most impactful members of your family who you love unconditionally or vice versa mm -hmm. um and so we we have we have those names written down and then the next part is your friends inner circle um, your inner circle of friends is comprised of trusted individuals who provide a good influence of your life and contribute to your success. So a good question I think to ask yourself as you're going through this is when I spend time with this person, do I like who I am? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do I show up as the best version of mm -hmm. me mm -hmm. when I'm around them? Does this person challenge me in a good and positive way? Mm -hmm. Um, one great thing for, you know, thankfully throughout my life, I've, I have always had really great friends and I've had the kind of friends where, you know, if I, if I like lost my mind or, you know, started doing something crazy, mm -hmm. they would call me out. Yeah. They would be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Were you crazy? If you lost your mind, they would yeah. call me out on that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's really good. We should all have that level of accountability in our life. And it, frankly, I think we need it, yeah. you know, yeah. it kind of keeps us in line. Yeah. And then this, the third category is, is, um, your, your board mentors and or coaches. Mm. Um, these are the people who keep you in check, um, balance and help you to continuously grow. So, uh, you know, oftentimes then Clayton and I have done this throughout our professional clear careers is, is sometimes you, it, it's worth it to write a check for that coach, because when you're spending your own money, you're going to be sure you show up, you're going to put, put more intentionality behind. That's right. The activity that helps you to grow if you're if you're willing to 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 put some, some skin, cash skin, some in, skin the in the game. Yep. Exactly, exactly. Yep. And so so this is just an exercise to help you run through those circle those very very important circles in your life mm -hmm. to make sure that you're staying on track. Yep, yep. Yeah, and then uh, so the next next uh, step is to define your strengths and your weaknesses. Uh, we've all got them. Um, so, you know, your strengths are uh, you know, think about what you're strongest at and the, uh, and focus on those areas. And I'm going to put a little plug here. Yeah. So there's a really great book called strength finders 2.0. Mm. And if you're struggling to know what your strengths are, you have to buy this book <clears throat> because what's really interesting is I took the, the, the test and, and it's, 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 uh, when you buy the book, it's going to come with it comes a free assessment that you log onto and you'll, you, there's a code at the back of the book you can enter. And you take the test is meant to be taken rapid fire. So, so, um, you're not supposed to sell on the questions that if you sit too long, it actually times out and goes to the next question. Mm. It wants your, your gut instinct reaction. <clears throat> it's actually a poll a questionnaire put out by Gallup. When you're finished, it assesses what your five core strengths are. What's really cool is, is some of my strengths. I never even looked at as a strength, but as I read the descriptions of, of my top five strengths, a, it, 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 it definitely, uh, spelled out and sounded exactly like me <laughs> to a T, but also 
it it helped me to, to better understand myself and also embrace things that I didn't even realize were strengths, but now I see that them as what they are. So I just wanted to give a plug for that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. And uh, and your weaknesses, a strong individual is one who understands their strengths and weaknesses, identify the core areas of weaknesses that you feel you would like to improve on. So me, for uh, me and anybody that knows me, um, knows this very well is I'm easily distracted. I have a hard, oh, I have a hard, <laughs> squirrel. So am I though. I have a hard time saying no, yep. uh, back hair, <laughs> back hair, <laughs> not have back hair. And, uh, and I'm, I'm inconsistent and I bore, uh, yes. easily. So very those much. are my, those very are my weaknesses. True. So you just want to, just want to identify those. Yep. Um, and then honey, so th this, this is something that, um, I, We've all heard of things that we need to like start doing, right? But I think it's I think it's more important mm -hmm. to define what we need to stop doing, right? Mm -hmm. So we're gonna so the next the evolution of this thing is is you want to define what you need to start doing, and then I think mm -hmm. more importantly, what do you need to stop doing? We all have a a rock that we need to cast in our lives. Like what is holding you back from from greatness, from becoming mm -hmm. the person that you were designed to be, from from leveling up, from getting in the room, mm -hmm. from uh, just taking that next step from getting unstuck, right? Um, there's something that we all need to stop doing. And mm -hmm. there are things that we need to start doing as well. Yeah. Um, and then coming up with, honey, you said this a few minutes ago, some smart quarterly rocks uh, that um, some smart goals that are measurable, specific, uh, that we can, that we can um, well, attainable, smarts. realistic, yeah. timely. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a three-month period, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, that are, are going to help you achieve these um, uh, the, these goals, right? Uh, let's see. And then, um, honey, let's, let's go to the, let's go to the, um, hundred year checkpoints, number 14 there. Let's mm -hmm. go to the hundred year checkpoint and yep. we're going to work backwards from there and then we'll, and then we'll wrap up. Okay. So your hundred year checkpoints, um, this is the fun part for me <laughs> is, is a plan you develop to determine what you would like to accomplish within a hundred years. This is essentially the legacy you want future generations to carry on. That really gets you thinking big. Mm -hmm. So some examples from Clayton's compass are, um, he, with wealth, he wants future generations needs to be met. How cool would that be if you're, grandkids, you know, their financial needs are, are met. Um, income, income is protected and sheltered for future generations, impact and philanthropy, philanthropy. I always Ooh, struggle with that one. word. Yeah. Well, so back up real quick because the income is protected and sheltered for future generations. Mm -hmm. We, we hadn't really thought about That's that. That's what we the whole like, life insurance is and, for. Well, and trusts yep. and, and just all the things that, you know, a family office, yep. so we never thought about that before. Never thought about and, that and, stuff. And never, and look, like if you're watching this and, and you're like, oh my gosh, what, what are they even talking about? You know, it was not that long ago where Stephanie and I were broke, broke. I mean, broke, broke, yeah. $500,000, $530,000 in debt. Um, uh, what was that? Um, was that 2000, 2006? I don't even know, somewhere around then. And then it took us about four years. So 2009 mm -hmm. is when we were, we were debt free, but then we still, I mean, we still, it wasn't until about 2000, probably 2015, 2016, mm -hmm. where things started to, the compound effect yep. kicked in, right? Yes. Um, but once you, Again, like once you know how to do it, once you know how to get there in any area, right? Whether spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, you can you can duplicate it, right? So mm -hmm. it, it and that's the importance of. So if you think you're like, um, you know, whether you're just getting started on this journey or you're you're 
just get started, mm-hmm. right? And and remember too, you're literally because I think about being debt free and and then the other book that that you mentioned, what would the Rockefellers do? You're only ever one book, one conversation, one relationship, one question <laughs> away. Ed, Ed, Ed Milet, the power of one more. Yeah, That's uh, one, away one book from right there. Yeah, dramatically changing your life because yeah. because each of those big rocks were influenced by a book or yeah. a person or yeah. a question yeah. or just, you know, by getting in the room and, and being exposed to that stuff. So the next part, impa- impact and philanthropy, I said it right that time, uh, hundred, uh, his goal, our goal, I should say, mm-hmm. is a hundred million in philanthropy. And a hundred years, a hundred years, years is a long time, yeah. right? And so, uh, and, and by the way, that's part of the income uh, protection and sheltering for future generations yes. as well. That, so yes. that th- those two go hand in hand. Yep, family living our legacy, future generations are better off because of the way we have lived our lives. And so just putting that intentionality behind that, reminding our kids who they are when they leave, you know, you are a child of God, uh, you represent this family. So, so. <laughs> Get them thinking outside of themselves. So we had, you know, a Justin Prince on our mm-hmm. last podcast and he was talking about his new book, Be the One. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that is, that's what, that's what that is about. Yes. You know, be, be the one that future generations look at and say, she was the one. That's right. She was the one that went for it. And because she was who she was, we're better off because of that. Yeah, because right? they had so hopefully powerful. that is a, you know, so powerful. And that's model. when you start thinking like this, that's, that's when, right. you know, everything begins to 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 just what we do today, yes. who we're becoming matters that that much more. So and then the last So one. I'm actually yep. so I'm actually going to move on to mm-hmm. 20 year. Yep. I'm sorry, honey. Nope. So the 20 year checkpoint, um so you're you're deconstructing. So 100 year, mm-hmm. 20 year, mm-hmm. and then we're going to wrap up mm-hmm. with uh with 5 year here in just a second. So 20 year checkpoint is um is where do you need to be 20 years from now to be on track? for your 100-year legacy plan. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 20 years from now, where do you need to be to be on track for your 100-year legacy plan? So again, we're gonna post post a, a link to this, but you'll be able to um, look at what you start with the end in mind, mm-hmm. okay? Because if you don't know where you're going, you might just end up there. So um, you got that big, hairy, audacious goal 100 years from now. Well, where do you need to be in each of those categories mm-hmm. to be on track 20 years from now? And then you just simply, you know, work backwards to five years Mm -hmm. and then you can take it down to annual and you can take Mm -hmm. it down to quarterly and you can even take it down to daylight what needs what daily habits do you need to instill today that are going to start moving the needle towards making this happen Mm -hmm. right so so maybe when you're going and we're going to put the link right in the notes of this podcast you can even listen tim will will figure it out (laughs) well well maybe you can even listen to this as you're going through pause it when you need to at each section but um but yeah it's it's so important to get clarity on all of this stuff and taking the time and i'll i will warn you if you've never gone through this process it is mentally draining and exhausting um, but very rewarding and it takes a lot longer and, than you and think you will need, you will need at least a day. That's a really yeah. good point. Yeah, you and need it, a and full it deserves day, a day or two. We take two days every year where we, we revise, right. And, um, and we need to be doing it quarterly. Yeah. You, you, we, you need to be doing it quarterly. Yeah. Um, but it needs at least a day full, no distractions, no kids try to get, turn the cell phones off. And just dive deep. This is your this is your legacy. It's your life. It's your future and your children's future and your children's. Well, children's and you future. and and 
I will just say this too, though. You can do this with your kids. You can, we did it with our kids last year. Remember we sat in the coffee shop yep. and we had them with Absolutely. us and we, we, you know, their goals are obviously like right now, it might be academic types of goals mm-hmm. versus income types of goals, but just getting what a blessing for your kids to do this activity with them because you're, you, I, if I was exposed to this at their age, well, and they, <laughs> it's raising their standards, yeah, right? 100%. So, you know, we're, we're, we're already praying for their future, you know, their, their future husbands and their, and, and their, their standards are raised. Right. And so, um, what that means is prayerfully, they're not going to settle, you know, they're not going to settle for somebody that, that that's just not worthy, that that's just not worthy of, mm-hmm. of who they, of, of who they are and who they're, who they're becoming. Yes. It's, I mean, it's not easy out there from what mm-hmm. I'm being told. I'm just glad I'm not out there. I'm glad that I'm, you know, married up club. Um, so what, what a, we both are. Yeah. What a blessing. What a blessing to gosh, not have to, can you imagine? No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We have some friends that are going through that right now that are, um, got a buddy that said that you're the last, you're the last one. <laughs> he's in, he's out there oh. trying to date and he's like, you got the last one, Clayton. <laughs> Yep. Let, let me know if anything ever happens to you because uh, I'm taking Stephanie. <laughs> so if anything ever happens to me, you know, yeah, we, we know who it was. But anyway, um, so uh, listen, we appreciate you guys. Hope this is uh, this information was helpful. Uh, go be intentional about getting in the room and let's grow. Let's grow.